I want to talk this morning about something that I'm so excited about because when you study the Greek and Hebrew words in, in, in the Bible, you realize that the Bible is, is so much more multidimensional than, than our minds could even ever conceive of. But what I realized in looking at this and studying the word obey is in the Old Testament Hebrew, it's the word shama. So I, I looked up shama, and every time I saw it in the Old Testament, it was the word shama, and it's in there a lot. Obey the voice of the Lord. Obey um, the Lord when you go in your house, when you go out of your house. Obey, obey, shama, shama. It means to hear, to give ear, attention, obedience, cause to hear, listen to be obedient, obey, perceive, understand, and regard. But listen to what is so interesting. The word obey in the Old Testament Hebrew, shama, means to hear and to listen. And I thought that was so interesting. So I looked it up as well to see what listen would mean. What is the Old Testament Hebrew word for listen? What is the Old Testament Hebrew word for hear? And it's the same word, shama. Hear Listen, obey are the same word. And that is so significant. Hear, listen, and obey. So when God says to hear his voice, he means obey his voice. When he says listen to my son, he means obey my son. And to God, those words are synonymous. I think this is so significant because I I looked up the word hear, obey, Listen. It's all the same word in the Hebrew. And then just to let you know, the word obey in the Greek also means to hear. It has other meanings, but it also means to hear. To submit to authority, obey, agree, believe, have confidence in, be persuaded, and hearken. So the Old Testament Hebrew and the New Testament Greek both say is if God was saying to you today, to hear me is the same as to obey me. If you listen to me, you obey me. Just like we learned the first Sunday, Jesus said, if you love me, you obey me. But those words are all synonymous for listen. That is very significant. And in God's mind, it's the same. If he speaks and he says, listen, he's expecting obedience. In heaven's mind, It's the same. And we're supposed to pray in the Lord's Prayer, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, there's no angels in heaven singing the chorus, and God says, come, you know, we're going to greet the new people that have just arrived. And the head chorus director, Angel, goes, just, you know what, blow that off for a minute. We need to sing a couple more verses because y'all don't have it yet. You know, God expects us to obey as believers, be it done on earth as it is in heaven. And he expects us to obey him, to listen to his voice, and to obey him. And, and we expect the same thing from our children. You know, we really do. And, and if, if you talk to your child and you say, listen to me, I want you to listen to me, You're not just telling them, I want you to hear me. You're saying, I want you 
to hear and obey me. It wouldn't be okay with you if your child heard you but didn't obey you. It wouldn't mean anything if they heard you and didn't obey you. If you told your oldest son, do not take the car out while we are gone. You do not have your driver's license yet. You only have a permit. And he looked at you and he said, yes, ma'am. And you left and you came back and he had wrecked the car. Well, I would not turn to my husband and go, he wrecked the car, but it's okay because he really did hear me when I told him not to. I know he heard me because he said, yes, ma'am. It wouldn't matter to me if he heard me or said, yes, ma'am. I would only want to know if he obeyed me. That's the only thing that would matter, and that would reflect his respect and love of me. And God entreats us to do the same thing. Isaiah 28:23 says, Listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear what I say. Proverbs 8, 32-35 says, Now then, my sons, listen to me. And again, you could almost put the word in, obey. Now then, my sons, obey me. Don't just listen to me, obey me. And that's the reason that I'm going into the detail about um, Shama being obey, listen, hear. Because I want you to start reading the Bible that way. When you see the word hear, when you see the word listen, I want you to think, God is saying to me, obey, do this. Don't just hear this, do this. There are many reasons to listen to God, and the most important is He entreats us to do so. And I just want to say that. You know, we could think of all these reasons to listen to God and obey Him, like, Oh, we'll be blessed or, you know, we'll avoid having things come into our life that are negative from not obeying. But instead of always thinking of the consequences as we become more mature believers, we should want to do it because he wants us to. You know, I mean, your children get to a certain age where you would hope that they would want to do something because it's the right thing to do or it's because you want them to and not because they're afraid of the consequences or they want to be rewarded for good behavior. And God wants us to do the same thing. I'm going to continue with Proverbs 8. It says, Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me. You know, sometimes we pray and we go, God, you know, I want to be so blessed. I want to be blessed by you. Show me how I can be blessed by you. And God says, blessed is the man who listens to me. Just listen to me. Obey me. Watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway, for whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. I've heard a lot of different preachers talk about favor from the Lord. And, and I do pray for favor. You know, if I have a big meeting or if I'm going to go and, and, and speak before a group of people that I don't know, or even today I probably should have prayed for favor, with you all, you know, God can open the hearts of people to the message. And it is all Him. It is Him that opens our hearts and our ears. And it's not because of the person speaking. And so I do pray that your ears and your hearts will be open to receive this word because it will change your lives. You'll start thinking differently about the word obedience. The results of listening to God, if you go back, I saw some of you um, get out your Bible, and I'm just, I am so excited that you brought it, first of all. And, um, and I want to encourage you again, you know, y'all are going to think that I'm just lecturing you, because I am, 
but please, please bring your Bibles to church. Bring your Bibles with you. Put it in your car when you're in a traffic jam. Whatever time you have in between, you can study things. You can learn scriptures, but if you don't have it in you yourself, then it doesn't matter. You can hear and hear and hear in church. And yes, you know, Romans does say that faith comes from hearing. But what you put into you is what comes out of you. And so we can talk about obedience, but without putting in the Word of God and without getting to know Him and spending time with Him, it's not going to mean as much to you. Your life isn't going to change. Your life will change when that Word starts to come in you. So I was reading in 8.32, Proverbs 8.32 through 35. And the results of Proverbs 8.32 through 35 are that people who listen to God will be blessed, wise, find life, and find favor from the Lord. And we know that that's not just people who listen to God, but people who obey God. One Another reason that um, we should listen to God and obey God is that God introduces himself and he introduces his son with that exact commandment to listen, to obey. God introduces his son, Jesus Christ. When the Messiah is introduced to the crowd, he gives one command, Mark 9, 7. And then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice, that's God, came down from the cloud and said, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. You know, God could have said, obey him, but he didn't need to because it was the same word. Listen to him. Obey him. Hearken to him. Everything that he says, hang on every word and make it a part of your yes. You know, if God says to do something, he's not going to make it impossible for us to do it. And so instead of the excuses, we need to just say yes. And that's exactly, again, what we want from our own children. We don't want them to tell us why they can't do it. Jesus appeals to the people to listen to him the same way. Matthew 15.10, Jesus calls to the crowd and says, Listen and understand. Listen and understand. And you know, we need to hear that again with that word listen and the Hebrew being shama and being the same as obey. Then Jesus could be saying, Obey and understand. So could it be in our lives that there are a lot of things we don't understand because we're in disobedience? Could it be that there's a lot of things that God would like to show us that we would actually understand as soon as we took that first step of obedience? And sometimes that first step of obedience is just saying, yes, sir, yes, instead of, I don't know how I'm going to do that. That doesn't seem possible. Can we tell the creator of the universe who created us, who created everything around us, that that's impossible? I mean, isn't that kind of funny to say to him? And he tells us over and over that all things are possible with God. Luke 137, I love in the Amplified Bible, all things are possible with God and not one word from God is without power of fulfillment, not one word. And so when he tells you to do something, whatever it is that you've come here this morning, you know usually what it is that God has told you to do if there is something hanging out there that you're just not doing. Then say yes 
and let him work out how. And then just see, just see as you start to do that thing, if you start to understand, if light starts to be shed on different things in your life. And again, I believe that there's going to be a lot of things we don't understand until heaven. But there are a lot of things that are to be revealed to us and to our children. And we need to obey, though, to receive more of God. Those who hear and obey are the ones Jesus counts as family. You all remember that? Do you remember that? I want to be counted as in the family of Jesus. But Jesus says my real family are the ones that obey me. If you look in Luke 8:19, it says, Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. And someone told them, Your mother and brothers are standing outside waiting to see you. And he replied, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. He's making a huge point here. He's not, he's not in any way saying, that's not my mother and brothers. He's just saying, I also bring you into the fold as you obey me. I consider you true family. Jesus says that. Not just as you hear, and not just as you take it in, but go and do your own thing, but when you obey. John 8.47 is really powerful, and I'm, I'm reading you these scriptures because It matters what God says. It doesn't matter as much what I say. And I could give lots of examples and lots of funny stories, and that's great, but the power is in the Word. And the more you hear the Word, the more your faith builds. And the more your faith builds, the more your life changes. The more your life changes, the more you're blessed in your life, and the people around you are blessed in their lives. And that's what we want. We want to be changed from glory to glory. We want to obey God so that we can become more of who He's created us to be so that the world can become more of what God had created it to be. We are here also to do what Jesus did. And He said, I have come that I might destroy the works of the devil. Well, we are to go and do that. How? The Bible says don't be overcome by evil. It's so easy to be overcome today. To be overwhelmed. To be overcome. But the word says don't be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. And there's no good within us apart from God. God's word takes not only that good, not only the natural gifts that that God has placed in each one of you, but he miraculously multiplies them like like the bread and the fish. And He does stuff through you. He can do things through you if you obey Him that you never imagined that you couldn't imagine that He could do through you. That's the kind of life that I want. But it only comes through obeying God. I have to get past that word obedience. I have to start liking that word. And so do you in order for us to fulfill our purposes in this world. John 8.47 says, He who belongs to God hears what God says. And we know that that means he who belongs to God obeys God. I wanted to look a little bit at this to learn to recognize his voice because 
I always have people say, how do I know that I've heard from God? You know, how do I recognize his voice? How do, how do I, I want to obey God, but how do I know what God is even telling me? And so I want us to look at that. And we're going to spend a little bit of time doing this, and that's why I think this is going to end up being two sessions. To recognize the voice of God is the same as to recognize the voice of anyone. You would recognize the voices of the people you had spent the most time with. You know, I got a phone call the other day from a sweet lady just saying, you know, would you come again and speak at Curios? And I was just laughing with my administrative assistant just saying, I'm amazed at how time goes by because this is my 17th year to speak at Curios every single year and sometimes twice a year, 17 years. And I thought, wow, that's just crazy. And I remember one of the first years that I spoke at Curios, and for those of you that don't know that what that is, that's just... It's a high school group that's really a special group that moms run. It's during the lunch hour at, at Alamo Heights High School. And they, they have different speakers come in and talk to the kids. And they give a, a great lunch to these kids who come in. And so they get food for their physical bodies and food for their spiritual self. And we all know that man can't live on bread alone, you know but on every word that comes from the Father. So in this early years of Kriyas, I just remember, you know, thinking about how do I convey to kids how you can, how you can um, hear the voice of God. And kids are so visual. Well, we're visual too, but we learn to be more auditory. But kids are really visual. And so I blindfolded three kids. And then I had each of their moms, um, one at a time, call their name and say, you know, Johnny, come here. And then another mom that wasn't Johnny's mom, call his name and say, Johnny, come here. And then another mom say, Johnny, come here. And then Johnny had to just point when it was his mom. Well, the kids were like, of course, I would know my mom. Why? Why would you know your mom? Because I've heard her voice all my life. I've spent so much time with her. Well, that's how we know the voice of God is spending time with them. In the greatest way to hear the clearest voice from God, where you're not going to get misled, is in the Word of God. That is the voice of God. And the more the Word of God you have in your heart, the more of the voice of God you start recognizing. So everything hinges on the Word. And that's why the enemy doesn't want you in the Word. Why can you stay up until 11.30 and watch the credits on a show that was so stupid you can't even believe you watched it, but the second you open your Bible, you are so sleepy, you just, you just can't stand it. You've got to go to bed. I'm exhausted. It's been a really rough week. You know? Why can you not wake up early and read the Word of God, but we can wake up early and, and catch a plane to go on Disney World vacation. I mean, it's amazing what we can do if it's not the Word. And so sometimes we have to just frustrate the, the, the devil, the enemy. And, and you know, when I talk about the devil, there is a devil. <laughs> if there isn't, then we need to throw out about two-thirds of what Jesus taught, because that's what he came and taught on. 
It's Satan that comes and steals, kills, and destroys. But I, I came that you might have life and life abundant, Jesus said. Jesus said, the purpose for the Son of God, the purpose for which I was sent here on this earth, is to destroy the works of the devil. He continually taught about Satan. So there is a real enemy that really doesn't work, want you in the Word of God because the Word is what has power in it. The Word is where your life is. The Word is where you discover who you really are. The Bible says that your life is hidden in Christ. And Jesus Christ is the Word. And so I cannot stress enough for you to just just make the devil mad. Just, just open your Bible. And, and I'm not trying to crack down on you. I am trying to... Yeah, I am. I'm cracking down on you. <laughs> the Word has saved my life, changed my life, metamorphosized my life. I could not deal with what I deal with if I didn't have the Word of God. And I don't see how anyone does. How do you live a victorious life if you don't know? And how do you know the voice of God without getting to know His voice? And it's so exciting to hear His voice. It's so exciting to be with Him, to walk with Him, to know you're loved, and to know that you have hope every day, that miracles happen through you and to you and all around you because God is in you and coming out of you and and you can help people. It's so exciting. So I would say, first of all, spend time with God. Get to know God. Get to know God. Get to know His likes and His dislikes so that you recognize His voice. John 10.3 says, The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Why do the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice? They've spent time with him. They're with him. They're following him. John 10, 14, excuse me, John 10, 4 says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Why do they know his voice? They spent time with the shepherd. They're with the shepherd. They're around the shepherd. Hanging around God is the same as opening his word. Just turning to something. And that's why, you know, if I say a scripture today that just touches your heart, write it down. Look it up later. That's the Word of God. And it only takes one Word of God to do anything. I mean, one Word of God can change your life. One Word of God can heal your body. One Word of God can be the answer. Because the Word has power. It's infused with power. And so I can just say one Word and it can change your life and my life. John 10:5 but they will never follow a stranger in fact they will run away from him because they don't recognize the stranger's voice John 10:16 they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd John 10:27 my sheep listen to my voice i know them and they follow me we need to spend time with god to recognize his voice i just cannot emphasize that enough i can't There's been so many times where I have been so, like, I don't know about you, but I can kind of feel when, like, a blue funk is coming in or kind of a dark cloud is coming in, you know? 
Sometimes I can um, just get exasperated with having chronic pain. And I can feel when a spirit of of self-pity is coming in. I can feel it. And I know right away, I've got to go and hear God's voice. I have to hear again to never give up. I have to hear again that all things are possible with God. I have to hear again that I'm loved, that I'm cherished. I have to hear again. I have to read it again. And, and I'll take the word and I'll read it out loud. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all my sins. Who heals all my diseases. Who redeems my life from the pit. Who crowns me with loving kindness. And restores my youth like the eagle. And I'll say, thank you, God, for redeeming my life from the pit. Thank you, God. And I mean, the more I say it and the more I speak it, sometimes the first time I say it, it doesn't feel like it. But after a little while, I'm like, I'm so blessed. I can see to read the Word. I can speak to teach the Word. And God starts talking to me and saying, Kathleen, what do you have to offer? See, we spend so much time thinking about what we don't have. What do you have to offer? This life is going to go so fast. This life is going to go so, so fast. 17 years of teaching at Kriyas. What in the world? And I know some of you have been working someplace for 30 years. You've been married for 50 years or, or whatever it is. It goes fast. We need to... Invest in the things that last. And you can't over-invest in the Word. Yeah, I could get in a blue, blue place. But I wouldn't be of any help to anyone else. And neither are you. When you get away from the Word and, and when you get away from your lifeline. And Jesus says that if you come away from the branch, you won't bear any fruit. And the Bible says that as Christians, we're to bear fruit in and out of season. Why did Jesus curse the fig tree? He walked past it and there, were no, there was no fruit on the fig tree. And he cursed it. And it died. And see, Jesus tells us we need to bear fruit in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is one kind of fruit. Love, kindness, patience, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Where does that go when I leave the branch? When you leave the branch, when we leave the Word, when we're not as much in the Word in our life, when we're not being fed the Word, the first thing that goes in your life is the fruit of the Spirit. Love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. In self-control. And for all of us, we sort of have a flag alert in that because there's something that goes first. You thought about that? And joyfulness. What goes first for you? That should be your signal to get back in the Word. Maybe self-control goes first for you. Whoa, I need to get back in the Word. Maybe joy goes first. But whatever it is. And then... Who would want to get to heaven and find out all of the things that you could have done, all of the things that you could have invested in, all of the things that 
that you could have brought miracles into the world and not been just like every other architect or every other preacher or every other doctor or every other shoe salesperson or every other mother, but the person that God created you to be. And yet you never became that person because your life is hidden in the Word and you never really got into the Word. So you never really even got into your own life. Run home and open the Bible. When you go to church, if you haven't been yet, you know, open it. There's, there's lull times, L-U-L-L times, where you can just open the Word and read. Read about how much God loves you. And you know, the more filled up we are, then we can give it back. Most of us walk around If we get away from the word, if we get away from the branch, Jesus says that he's the tree, he's the branch, that we, that he's the root, actually. And that we are simply the branches, that he is the tree, and we are just offshoots of the tree. If if, if I take a branch off of a tree, and, and it's blooming, say it's a dogwood tree, and it's blooming, and I take that blooming branch off, It's going to look pretty for a while. And I can even put it in water, make it think it's still, you know, getting water from the tree. But it's going to die. Why? Because it's not attached to the tree. The way that you attach yourself to the tree, to God, is by staying in the Word. And then you're filled up. You're ready to encourage someone else. Why do we get so burned out? I think it's because we get so empty. You know, we say, well, I'm burned out because I've got to do this, I've got to do that, 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 I've got to do that. that." But really, we're kind of complaining about our blessings, aren't we? Got to take care of the cars, got to take care of the house, got to take care of my kids, got to go to work. And somebody over in China is going, could I have your burnout? Got to fix food, got to go to the grocery store. I'm one of those people that loves the grocery store. Have I told you that? I love going to the grocery store because I look at the abundance that America has. We have an abundance. And most of the reason that we get burned out, I don't think, is because, yeah, we try to do too much. We do. But I think a lot of it is we're just empty. We're spiritually empty. We've got, we don't even ever slow down to notice the colors of the food in the grocery store. And I'm guilty. You know, we don't even notice how green the grass is or um, how cute our, our five-year-old looks like without his two front teeth because... We're so busy. We need to get back in the Word and and start appreciating what we have. We have so much. And the more you realize what you have, the more you're willing to let it go and give it away and bless people. And I'm talking not only financially, I'm talking just of your time, of your heart, Opening up to somebody. And then ironically what the Bible says is give it will be given to you. Press down. 
shaken together, will men give back unto you? And so everything's opposite anyway in God's world. So the more that we hold on to stuff and we try to hoard it, the more we don't get. And so the more we have an open hand to God, the more we do. And so our life becomes so blessed. And isn't there a law called sowing and reaping? So if I get filled up with the word and I start sowing encouragement to people, you know, and that can be hard, like especially in the area of pain for me, you know, since I've had chronic pain since I was 10 and it's spinal and I can only bend my neck and I've got all these rods and screws and they're fused to my back and um, have had all these surgeries and my back hurts all the time and it's nerves and muscles. It's spinal. Do I believe that Jesus is healing me? Yeah, I do. Am I feeling like it? No, not really. But am I going to believe for a miracle? Yes. If Jesus comes back before I go to heaven and I haven't been healed, he'll find me believing him. Because I get up every day and go, it could be today. It could be now. Because I have that hope and that excitement. And he has done so many miracles in my life. The Word is your lifeline. It's everything. We're going to look a little bit mm, next week at the ways that God speaks. This may even end up being three CDs on listening to God. But I think it's so important for us to slow down. We're going to look at the ways God speaks. You know, I actually have, the ministry has a three CD series that I did at St. Luke's last year on Wednesday nights called How to Hear God in a Screaming Loud World. And that's a really good series if, if that means something to you. If you're thinking, gosh, I can't even hear God. Everything else is screaming at me. That's a really good series to get. But I can't even tell you how much it's the Word. Isaiah 55.10 says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish that which I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That means that if you read the word or someone says the word to you, even if you're sitting in church, maybe you're not even... Um, clicking that well with the sermon. Maybe it's just not applying to you that day. And we're so selfish. All of us are so selfish. Because if it doesn't, then we tend to be like, oh, this has nothing to do with me. I'm not relating to this. Instead of saying, you know, God, I trust you that every scripture that's read today is not returning void in my life. It is going in me. It is changing me. It is doing whatever it is that you want to do in me. It's never wasted. His word is never wasted. And God reminded me just right when I was reading that what I was going to try to remember. Isn't there a law of sowing and reaping? And so if I sow encouragement here and here and here and here, what do I get back? Encouragement. If I sow um, financial help or, or even just see something that God's doing and I want to give into it, what do I get back from God? The Bible says financial Help, finances. But God says that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Now, am I preaching prosperity? No, I'm not. I'm saying that the word says that whatever we sow, we'll reap. 
And God is, is so faithful. He's so faithful that if we give, it, it's given back to us in every way. What's another thing that you could sow? Time. If you need time, sow time. That doesn't make any sense, does it? See, God's words and His truths don't make sense, but they are true. And so if I need more time, maybe I pray and go, God, you know, who might need me for a little while? What are my gifts? Maybe my gift is, is helping somebody. I have a servant's heart. And I can help them clean out their garage. Whatever it is, the first thing we want to think is, I don't have time. Well, if you need time and you believe the word, sow it. See what happens. Or seek just first the kingdom of God and see what happens. That's getting in the word. Matthew 16:33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Father, we just thank you that you love us so much. You not only want to add all these things, you want to give us more. You want to give us more. Your word says in, in Ephesians 3 that you actually give us exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever hope or ask or think. And yet, Father, I know that sometimes what's blocking that is obedience. Our obedience to you, even our obedience to just read your word, open your word, get in your word, have your word change our hearts. Father, I thank you that every word that came out of my mouth today that was of you and from you would go deep into the hearts of your people, motivate them and change them, help them, renew them, give them strength, give them hope. Because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you are here in this room right now. We should expect a touch from you. We should expect to be lifted up. We should expect to feel joyful. We should expect for things to be different. And more than anything, Lord God, we want to know when we get to heaven that we have done and we have been who you created us to be and what you created us to do. And we know that that's hidden in the Word. So, Father, we thank you that you would direct us and lead us and guide us and help us. We humble ourselves before you, asking you to help us in our weakness. We need to open your Word. And we pray that you would be pleased as we do so today. In Jesus' name, amen.